what's up everyone and welcome down to another episode of the vault and i have a real special guest in today but they're all kind of special guests mr john keevil from warbringer hey what's, what's up? up you know i got a lot of uh I get a lot of, you know, letters or not letters, but people go on the internet and tell me, leave comments, and a lot of people were waiting for me to get Warbringer on into the vault, so I'm glad you came in. Oh, Finally, yeah. this is going to be great. So for all you fans that have been saying, get some Warbringer in there, well, they're here, so here we are. So what's happening, bro? How are you? Well, first off, you know, honor and pleasure to be on this show with you, you know? Thanks, you're man. A guy, uh, you're Thanks, a guy man. I, I started my van listening to, so That's like, awesome. you know, it's it's just, you, you can't lose sight of that stuff, and you gotta let yourself enjoy it, you know? You exactly. You can't get to where That's that, where that doesn't it. get you stoked, you know? I, I want to go time, like, high-five myself at 20, you go through a time portal and be like, dude, you did it! You know? But <laughs> you I'm know? the same way, it's yeah. like... Uh, Exodus is really fortunate in getting to play with uh, a lot of our heroes, people that we, we you know, I mean, we've Iron Maiden, whoever, we've, we've mm -hmm. played Judas Priest, we played with everybody, and those are all the guys. So I feel the same way when I'm sharing the stage with, uh, you know, God, we play the Motorhead a million times, and of course all the thrash bands from the day, from Metallica to Slayer to Anthrax and Mega, everybody, you know, mm -hmm. had my blood with Testament. So, I mean, everybody, the incestual thing that it is, which is kind of good because it's made us all a very uh, tight-knit community, I must say. Mm -hmm. So, good to have you in. We want yeah. to talk some Warbringer today. <laughs> we are going to talk to John about... You know, kind of where you got in, because you really didn't start the band, right? You no, were, you I, were, I, I am the founding member. Oh, you are the only yeah, founding uh, member. No, I'm not. Well, Adam Carroll joins like a month in, but I, it's pretty much starts with me, who has no musical background. Uh, I grew because, up in, because you didn't, you didn't have any musical background. If you listen to music, you have musical background. Uh, okay, I, I never had played music in any capacity. I'll put it that way. And uh, I just, at a certain point, you know, I, I in the, okay, so kind of, me, my upbringing, I grew up in Moorpark, California. It's a middle upper class suburb. It's uh, in Ventura County, a little north of LA. Uh, I was born in San Francisco in 1986. Make of that what you will. 86. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the year I joined Exodus. Yeah, well, there you have it. So uh, so maybe the, it's, you know, I, I wonder if this stuff was in my blood because I was really drawn to thrash metal and I didn't, I can't quite explain myself specifically why other than I hear the sound and I love it. But, uh, what uh, I guess my my origins into heavy music. My family was uh, like conservative, Christian, white, middle class, uh, suburbia. So that's my life when I'm growing up. And uh, nobody I know listens to metal at all. Uh, no one in my family does. And it's kind of uh, a what thing. about like when you were at school? Is that where you got it from? Or no, no, really. Nobody at my school. Like uh, where it started and what I did get from school is, and this is the era of like. Spike hair, frosted tips. So I'm in high school in like the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, middle school, high school. And that's where you start getting into sort of the last, uh, the last like form of heavy music that was on the radio in our country, which was the late 90s new metals. So that was my starting point. That, that's like friends at school listen to that. I had my phase with that. Well, like uh, Rob Zombie and... and, and uh, Corn Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit, right, Disturbed, you know, the entire... Right. The, uh -huh. So basically I went to OzFest 2001 and Black Sabbath was headlining. And I had seen, you know, the day of the 2001 OzFest bands. You can look at the lineup. It, it was very definitive of that era. And uh, then I hear Black Sabbath and I hear the riffs of Iomi. And so <clears> I go out, I get a... And I, I sort of like... I had been only listening to heavy music of like the late nineties. And then I went all the way back to the seventies and kind of worked up from there. Black Sabbath was my starting point, And I think that's about as good in terms of what I'd call 
you know, true metal, <laughs> subjective, but then what I'd call it. Um, yeah. So as a kid, what did you listen to music at all? Say you're 11, 12, 13 years old. Were you listening to radio music? Were you listening to Eminem? Were you listening to other things? Was it always heavy? I mean, you came from a Christian background, so... Yeah, I'm not listening to it. I'm not religious, but I was raised this way. Um, but what I did, I guess I had a couple things. I had an uncle who was from like Berkeley, San Ramon, who would give me cool records. So he was into a lot of the like classic Americana, early rock and roll, but and he didn't even like heavy <coughs> metal, but he did like the Ramones and Motorhead. So I, I had so like. So he liked music that had an edge to it anyway. Right. Or, or certain types of edge. He liked like. The punk rockish flavor, but not the metallic flavor. Uh -huh. But I got some of that, and I just knew since I was a kid, I thought electric guitars were cool. I don't know how else. And at the time I decided this, I don't think I had even heard music with electric guitars other than like maybe the. I was the same way. The Power Rangers theme, but I just knew the idea of just like. The tone. Yeah, just something about that, the, like the make attack. my hair stands up. Yeah. yeah. So, I was the same way. So I got into the music that was most accessible that had. Some, you know, they had distorted guitars in it, which was the late 90s stuff, and then kind of worked backwards where I got into Black Sabbath and along with it, like classic hard rock heavy bands, you know, you're Zap, ACDC, etc., you know, hard rock of the 70s, and then kind of worked up. And from there, I got into it, bands in a weird order uh, because I didn't have like a group of friends or anyone telling me what to listen to. I, I kind of then, in the, you know, I, I was good with computers when I was a kid, I was a pretty nerdy kid. Uh, and so I was one of the earliest musicians are, John. Oh, Most of be. us are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was digging through the internet and kind of from working off of like the starting point of like Black Sabbath and like Iron Maiden or something, I got into a whole bunch of other stuff. At first, really heavily into like Euro power metal and then kind of slowly got into stuff with like harsher vocals and then full-blown old-school thrash. So for instance, thanks to... The internet of the early 2000s, I heard shit like Exumer Possessed by Fire, which is a, you know, a sort of like of the BC tier of thrash metal worthy record, but, you know, a, a cool record, but still like I heard that before I had heard Rain and Blood. Uh -huh. So I heard shit kind of out of order. I heard my Metallica before this. Uh, Slayer actually came really late, even though it's like I, I fucking worship Slayer, for, classic Slayer pretty much. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so. I kind of got into a bunch of stuff and was sort of forming my own taste very much. And then I kind of I went to a couple concerts. I saw Maiden in L.A. It was Dance of Death tour, two thousand one. Um, I believe they were just kind of coming back with Bruce at that time, kind of right, wasn't it? And they they were just that was uh, two thousand and one. That was Brave New the, World, yeah. So yeah, I must have just, seen it. It must have been a couple years later. Yeah. Because, uh, but I think those two records have a number of really solid songs on. Yeah, them too. they yeah. do actually. Um, but so I got it, and through Maiden, then kind of the, that was sort of the floodgate because now I'm into qu twin guitar harmonies and like epic operatic vocals of Dickinson. And it just went from there. And at some point, and I started a band, um, none of us had really any experience. It was, you know, it was called Onslaught for like all of a minute, which some people will never forgive us so for. So you found out there was a, a band from England called uh, Onslaught? I talked to the or band. Australian, of, Australian, they're, right? They're English. They're from Bristol. English, that's yeah, right. English, you know, yeah, Power yeah. from Hell, The Forest. Onslaught. Yeah. yeah. But we were kind of, um, I've talked a guy on a skateboard was their, their mascot guy in the little yeah. cross thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember so, that. So we had that for a minute. But we didn't know like the Pantheon. Metal. We were kids like 
in the process of getting into this, and each one of us in the early band, myself, John Locks, and Adam Carroll, Adam Carroll's still there, were kind of all like the misfits in our respective towns who were the only people we knew that were into this. So like I lived in Moore Park, John Locks lived in Newbury Park, which is like half an hour away, and then Adam lived in Ventura, which is about half an hour from that. So I kind of went out throughout the county drove my drove a zillion hours to just like get to a practice every all Friday. of us did yeah all yeah. of us did especially where you were we're filming this now uh chuck billy and phil demel myself grew up here yeah but where you're going to from here is where it was going on and that's another you're 45 minutes from slims right yeah, now about that's 40 a, that's minutes a, the traffic's so merciful for us, <laughs> for us to get from here out there, even for rehearsal, that was every day. So we were used to that. We knew yeah. exactly. It's part of the. It's part of the test, bro. It's, I know. It's part, of, it's part of the the being a soldier. You know what I mean. It's <laughs> part of the uh, the initiation, I guess. You, you got to handle it. Well, because you don't just start a band and suddenly be amazing. It takes a lot of work, and to play to the standards of like really good heavy metal it's it's high level musicianship i think so for these kids that have never played before it took us so long we rehearsed for like four to six months before we could finish getting through us the first song we wrote and you know it's not a song that made it to any demo record it's not that great it was called death and glory but it took us four to six months to be able to finish playing through a song we had a and we grinded and so the start was really slow but i had this kind of feeling from seeing iron maiden the other concert at the period uh that really struck me as i saw metal church uh they had ronnie monroe on vocals at the time they start they opened with start the fire from the dark album uh -huh. and he just opened with like yeah and i was like oh okay i'm a, this, this rules you know and uh that that concert it was like the day after uh dimebag daryl had been slain on stage and so that had happened and so th this was the time that i was uh i'd say i was 18 19 and i this was like a really new exciting world for me and i was finding out about a new band i loved like every single week so it was really exciting and wow. honestly i kind of wish i could because i mean I, I i i don't mean to say this in a bad way but a little bit of a late bloomer when it comes to yeah. uh, metal, that sort of thing, and and to be as um, I think established as you have kind of put yourself in with your band, if that makes any sense, you know, because you kind of put your head down and kind of nailed it hard, and it wasn't long after that period you were actually playing alongside. I I, I wasn't in the band at that time, but I know the history. Mm -hmm. You were playing with Exodus at, 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 and bands like that. January at that time. 2008. So, yeah, so, so. the Warbringers' first like practice ever was like November 2004, and I think our first show was the summer of 2005. Um, no, it had to be a little later. I graduated high school 2005, so so it would have been December, like end of 2005, and then the or, and then the following year, where we started up and started playing like our first show, shitty local club, you know. Uh, Nobody's there, but uh, that, you know what? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what do you expect? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It has to start somewhere. Damn right. You know that's with everything. No, and, and who? You know, there's no attachment to the name before the name exists and like does anything. But we we were really lucky, and mostly we just worked really hard. We you know we had the early shuffle of random people we could find until we that eventually works, got the that first works album lineup with everybody, man. Yep. There's that never that doesn't escape anyone. And still doesn't for, for for what it's worth, you know what I mean? But yeah. as long as the mentality there and the core is there. But I mean, you know, Gary did a record for you guys. He produced a record for you guys in 09. Yes. So here you are 
you know, less than three years later, you're hanging with your heroes. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. You're, you're working with your heroes. They're considering you. They're, you know, working with your work, you know, basically. And I mean, uh, that's got to feel some. Talk about that. Talk about how that feels, you know, because that's not a long period. I know guys that have been doing this for 30 fucking years and they get a chance to open for Exodus and I'll hear, you know, oh my God, you guys just said, thank you for letting us open for you. And it's like, you know, how long you guys been about? Oh, like 35 years now. It's like, about as long as you have. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. And, you know, thank you. And we appreciate that. But, you know, shit, John, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. You know what I mean? You figured, you know, 04, you're, 06, you're around really starting to gig. By 08, 09, you're putting kind out of records. You're, and you're touring, hanging out yeah. with the heavy hitters a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, you know. Uh, rubbing elbows a little bit, you know, you know, yeah. talk about that. Well, I mean, that was that was really wild because, uh, like I said, we were really starting the band, trying to figure out how to play music in the first place. And I think, I think what people responded to in the early days of us was a, just we were really young, and b, we were going at it with real gusto, and c, we were all. At, by this point, by the time we're actually in the band playing, we're all pretty big uh, nerds about like the past of heavy metal, and we all wanted to find out the coolest shit that had ever been recorded, the the, the underground gems, and every like great thing that anyone had ever made in the field of heavy metal. And we, you know, and what was really popular around the time we started the band, the the new metal thing had had subsided, and we were in the like swoop hair metalcore phase. And it, around like swoop hair metalcore, yeah, yeah, my damn, favorite. I missed that. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Anyways, no, so, I said I missed it. You're like, yeah. well, I missed that face. Oh, no, no. Well, if you lived in uh, in suburbia in early 2000s, you did not miss that face. No, I guess and, not. And every other band that all your friends and every other band you could play with on the very local level was that. So we went, our playing old crash <coughs> was in many ways a rejection of that. We're like, this breakdown after a breakdown, that's not fucking metal. You need the breakdown. fast part to build up yeah. to the breakdown. That's how you do it. They, they already figured this out in the 80s. You should know better, you know? Exactly. Right. So that that's kind of how we felt, and we were kind of... Well, that's kind of how some of us old schoolers felt when we listened to that shit and went like... I know. Is this where metal's going? Really? Is this what we did? This is our legacy? And it was like, you know, and I get it, too, yeah. so... So, so the Warbringer starting out being, you know, War Without End is as much like flying the flag of like, this is an old school thrash record, you know, with the tank and the fire and the everything, you know. That's old school thrash. It, it sure is. You know, we're very much, uh, you know, we got panned at the time we were 19 for not being super original. I wouldn't say my first record super original. I wouldn't. Um, but it was really energetic and raw and just vicious and violent and had nothing modern in it, basically, or like almost nothing, uh, especially that first record. And so I think we stuck out because of that and just the sheer, like I wasn't, and the band wasn't really tight at the time, but we were really savage. So, uh, but I, if I, it wasn't any good or actually had any, uh, uh, any, any tailwind to it at all, it wouldn't have gotten anything. You know what I mean? There's a million bands out there yeah, trying to sure. hammer the same, same, same hole, you know, they're trying to bang the same hole. And it's like, you know, you know, I, I, I heard you, you know, I heard you guys. I know, you know, I know you, you've done, you know, what you've done, you know, you've kind of, You've definitely pushed yourself up on a tier. And, and I mean, you know, again, we did Japan with them. What, it was at 18? And yeah. I was Exodus, Testament, Warbringer. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a great two days. You know what I mean? It's a killer two days. We had nice parties backstage. They were fun. Fantastic, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love Japan. They're so, yeah. so killer. So to me, I mean, you won the game right there. You know what I mean? If you know, if nothing ever happened again in life, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> fuck, you flew to Japan, 
you got to play with some, you know, with with you know people that influenced you and and yeah. and 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 had a great time and and on the same stage and on the same level. I mean, I look at you know everything I do and everything I get to do. I'm very fortunate, you know what I mean? It's like I love to play with my hero friends. I love to play with, you know, with, with the Saxons and, you know, guys that mm-hmm. I I came up listening to, you know, any priest and Maiden and, and Scorpions. I love to be on the same bills with bands like that, you know what I mean? Whoever it is and and I think to me that's worth more than the money, John. You know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. definitely worth more <laughs> to me getting, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's there's not much money as it is, let alone uh, it's just the whole rush of man. I, uh, I'm doing this alongside of this icon that's been doing this, you know, and then I'm considered in the same breath. And I think to me, that's almost everything. You know? oh, I mean, you don't start this, you know, if, if you want a great business plan, starting a metal band isn't it. But if you want no. to have a shitload of fun in life, and if you're passionate about metal, I, yeah, I can right. only recommend that, it. So what you pretty much said is very much the. You, you know, and, there, and there's plenty. Every life you can choose has ups and downs. You name the ups, and that's why I'm here. That's what keeps me here. And oh, goddamn it, I believe it, man. I'm I'm really on board with that. Um, no, it's got to be that way. It's like you know, that's what I'm saying. People ask me all the time, "Do you still enjoy doing it?" It's like, if I didn't love doing it, I wouldn't do it. You know, nah. I mean, why am I going to do it? For what reason would you inconvenience yourself? Because there's so many inconveniences to the to the show that 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 is the fruit, the nectar is mm-hmm. the gig. You know, and the music. And there's so much more to it than that. I mean, <laughs> the time in the airport, the time on the plane, the time through customs, just yeah. to get to that gig. You know what I mean? Oh, if the you know? if you're calling the good part, where you're on the stage and the crowd is cheering, you get to right. rock as you hope to. It's like a citrus fruit where the citrus part's this big and the rind's like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the truth. Yeah. So it's the truth. There's a lot around it, but you know, I don't even hate all the peripheral stuff. I really enjoy some of the travel. I like some of the people I get to meet. I don't um, mind any of that other. I hate the airports. I hate the airports. Hate the airports. I, I think. Uh, I think. Perga- Fucking hate it. How could do you not sleep the night before you leave? The night before, if I know I'm leaving the next day, I wake up a hundred times, and oh, everything man. I'm thinking is like, oh god. What seat am I with? The fucking okay. you just just stupid shit like just that. Dreading so the experience. Just oh my god! All right, I gotta call Uber and get Uber here to take me to the airport. And then I gotta go get in the line. And I gotta go dump my shit off. And it just it's just I just think about that, and it's like, why can't they already invent teleportation so it's so much more easier on all of us? Teleportate the first Star adopters. Trek. They had it in Star Trek. Damn it! Right a- a- after like the you know the, the clandestine military special forces, the next people to adopt teleportation would be touring bands. You know, <laughs> I mean, just come on, Let's yeah. get me there and back quick. Yeah, right, but, get me out of there. Yeah. So, so I think what what caught people when we started though was a just like that you had had this the aforementioned swoop hair metalcore where every band was breakdowns on breakdowns. And I think that that's what, why what they called the thrash revival around 2007, 2008, when our first record came out, we were right there with the kind of first wave of releases that got out of new bands that were doing that. Uh, and I think that really caught people's attention just because it kind of bucked every trend in metal from like 1992 to about 2008, which was everything gets more clinical, everything gets more precise. You kind of lose that like punk raw edge that oh, thrash God, it had. Was gone. Yeah, it was completely because the whole thrash thing that was it. I mean, everybody asked me, thrash music is the rawness and ferocity of punk rock and the intricacies of hard rock, you know, yeah. of, of, and that's, uh, or British new wave, that kind of thing. And it's put together mm-hmm. by the nineties. That was all washed and gone. And it was just, 
you know, a, a break and then a breakdown. And that was your heavy part. And it's like, and there was no leads. Mm-hmm. Lead guitar had dis- just by mm-hmm. people like Steve Vai and Joe Satchin. They're like, who? You know what I right, mean? Right, right. <laughs> and I came from that era. You know what I mean? Where everybody was like, you know, everybody could shred, you know? So I, I, I felt it. But, you know, you know, bands like yourself and hatchet you know and the havoc and hatred the three h's yeah you know, you know um you've kept the um you know the torch alive there's such power trip good thrash i mean good heavy riffs. younger ben yeah. heavy riffs you know what i mean so i'd have to say uh it's in a good way right now definitely don't you think yeah and, and what i think brought that about is basically that the, this music provides something that's like a core reason you would listen to heavy music in the first place the sheer just energy adrenaline aggression the way it just gets you pumped is like nothing else so i was thinking i, I was uh we we're driving up to the bay and i was trying to explain to my wife what makes bay area thrash different from other thrash and i'm like this is kind of the foundational scene of the genre and to me you know who I'm from LA, um, but to me, it's uh, it's like a first off, the Bay Area bands don't go the way of the German ones, where it's like kind of pushing towards what would later become death metal. That's a sound that Warbringer taps into. But but here, I'd say it's a certain like, there's a certain kind of like mosh groove and a certain kind of like rough and gritty, but not yet like extreme vocal. That, that it's it just sits in a really cool spot in the evolution and story of metal because it's like still got all the rock and roll elements, but it's like pushing to new extremes. And it just sits in a really cool like it time in history. Definitely and has all the rock and roll elements. Yeah. Because we were all just rock and roll kids. You know, when I, I mean, you know, at my age, there was a time when it wasn't called heavy metal. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> I remember they called it hard rock or acid rock in the late <laughs> 70s. Like if you liked Alice Cooper or Ted Nugent, it was like, Oh, that's like that acid type rock. It's like, right. you know, and then metal got coined as the, uh, even Zeppelin was considered kind of metal, deep purple, you know, Sabbath obviously, but rainbow, harder edge bands, UFO, but it wasn't really called heavy metal, but that it was still edgy rock, hard rock, heavy rock sounds, you know, and, and right. that's kind of what we were all brought up on. So I think that the music that we wrote exemplified what we listened to the, Richie Blackmore Rainbow, the Michael mm-hmm. Shankers and UFOs, the Ted Nugents, you know what I mean? The, the uh, Anything from Heart to Fleetwood Mac that, you know, but anything from Sex Pistols to Discharge, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it had a good blend of it. And I think that's when uh, the Bay Area was just very fortunate to be exposed to so much. There was so much that happened here in the 60s musically as well. So it mm-hmm. was like there was, there was so much to pull off of, you know, I think. But, I mean... Like you said, it, it went down to uh, rock and roll. Rock, yeah. Rock and roll. You know? and, and so I think, and damn right, and, and what I think, my kind of thinking when in early Warbringer, and still, uh, this still drives me, is we want to be as extreme as an extreme metal band can be while still remain, like keeping that the shit rocks element, you know, where you just want to, you know, and... and where I think that what happened in the 90s and 2000s is all the extreme and heavy bands, their influences aren't rock bands, they're extreme and heavy bands. Right. So it's, uh, it, it like goes through further degrees of separation, and I think the biggest thing in that regard is like the song structure, because a lot of the, and I think this is just 
my taste, but I think a lot of the older rock and metal music is catchy as fuck, and the singers are always really distinctive. You know, you, you have some, like, wild vocal characters in 80s metal, but they're all characters, and, you know, whether, you know, let's use uh, Sean Killian of Violence can be a divisive vocalist. For me, I like him because it's like, as soon as you hear, you know exactly who it is, and it has the feeling it has, and it's... Distinctions, everything, it's, sure. I used to think that uh, every band in the early 2000s, and still I kind of think this, every band has the same singer. You know, the guy who's like, wah, wah, that kind of certain like sure. register and range. And I'm like, man, they, you know, at a certain point we're starting the band, I'm like, there's like 500 guys who have the same singer, you know, 500 bands. No, it's the band. truth. And it's because it's actually, and I've said this, <laughs> it's not hard to do that. You can go, anybody can grab a mic and go, oh, 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 you know what, anybody can do that. It's, you know, it's kind of finding your own sound. You know what I mean? What your voice does, what influenced you and how you use it, you know, and obviously how you can hold it. Definitely. I kind of imagine that as like, as if, almost as if I'm like playing a character and the character is not like. Obviously. Yeah. That's exactly how I do it. Yeah. I play the character. And the character is not, it's not like outside of myself. It's like an aspect of myself. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. 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 And I just try to, like, what I've been trying to do is, like, lean as much into my own character. And so kind of, like, this aspect of myself is the really like, pissed-off, cynical, angry-at-the-world version, you know, which I, I do feel those things are. I wouldn't write this music. Um, it's uh, I try to look into that and kind of be like, what would this, like, voice of evil go, go and say? And what I kind of am trying to, I, I often now do the lyrics kind of evil from its own perspective. Like, I, I find... Uh, like a lot of our stuff is like, what if it was like uh, anti, you know, anti-militarism, anti this songs, but done from the perspective of like the military industrial complex, like coming down on you to take away all that is dear in the world, you know, and kind of that voice being channeled into a song. I think that that's a really cool and like evil, sinister way to take what is essentially a leftist position in your music. You but know? I think you that, know? That's, that, that the character is what you're looking for, because if you don't have the character then the vocal has no, you know, the vocals just evoke characters, everything. I don't, what I do and what you do isn't necessarily singing, you know what nah. I mean? It's a vocal sound that's created that fits the musical content and the lyrical content that's going on there. Yeah. So when you hear my voice, it fits the type of music that's, you know what I mean? Not necessarily yeah. the singing, you know, like, you know, a crooning or whatever. Yeah. But it's definitely the form of of what the music is all about. It needs that gritty, to, for, snarly. For, it needs you know? it to yeah. be that that character, right? That that snarly, oh, you know, oh, screamy, fucking grindy character. Yeah. And to get into that, you know, I think every singer that because a guitar, you pick up a guitar, and it's it's a um, you get that tone because I got that pedal. And I tuned it this way, mm -hmm. and this vocal's a whole nother world, you know. And that's why I love being vocal. <coughs> it's just so much like I, I never, you know, I've 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 studied some about vocal technique. I've been doing this long enough where I've I've taken my work seriously. But when I started, I had none of this, and it was just nobody pure, does. No, no, it's no. like the guy in the room that goes, "I can sing." Yep, nope. I don't have a guitar. I don't have a nap. Nope. I can get a PA though, and I can sing. It's like okay. You then, you know? Yeah. And then, You're the only guy who's got the guts to go up there and like suck the before truth. you don't, you it's know? The truth. Because <laughs> suck you until could be you a don't. good yeah. guitar player or a good drummer and people could say you're a good drummer. But what makes you out of nowhere a good singer? You don't. Yeah, that takes balls, believe you. I go, you're like, you're, a, you're, oh, 
Susan can sing now, huh? Ah! I remember the guitar class. Now you're a singer. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Yeah? Well, yeah. look at my records. <laughs> Bottom line. Not to be arrogant. No. Hey, you didn't Fuck say anything it, about you know, but, uh, it. There was is. many naysayers. Yeah. You know, there was like, you know... My own mom told me I couldn't carry a tune too. when I was a kid. Yeah, mine too. Mine yeah, yeah. was like, "You'll never be mount to anything." And then I got to bring her to, you know, live record taping sold out at the Fillmore. You know what I mean? And so, you, you know, <laughs> you know, sorry, mom, had to prove you wrong. Uh-huh. Hey, maybe that's a bit of a motivator. You know, I wonder if that is for me. In my family, they're they're not like that. Are they that. cool with this now? Yeah, are they, they are. Cool they they came to the show in Las Vegas Good. recently. Yeah, so the, and that was the second time she'd ever seen me out of over thirteen hundred shows in my career. Wow. Yeah, so that I had to like very much break from my family, you know, and, and right. in, in some ways to do this, and it was kind of not what they wanted me to do, because I'm pretty much living as, you, you know, especially when we're starting out touring, we have a better operation going now, there's more money in the business. It takes, yeah, it takes time, it's you have true. to build it up, we know this. But I was a glorified hobo for many years, you glorified. know. Glorified, I know this. Gl- glorified, know this. you know, people say, like, great show, and then I'd go to, like, pass out on the floor of a van, Right. you know, great show, you guys are so awesome, can I take a picture with you? Yeah, sure. Okay, can, yeah, before yeah, I, like... Yeah, before I can, can I, can I sleep on your couch, can you go buy me a burger, you know? Right. Right, exactly. I know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the band now, John. Talk about who's in the band. How long has this this lineup been, um, you know, together with you? And, so, and- so this lineup's been together, uh, you know, generally speaking, since 2015 about. So that's good. Four years on this. That's that's a good sign. <laughs> Best same we've guys, ever done, yeah. <laughs> so, so far, same guys since we, then when we, we played in... Uh, uh, Japan, same one. One alteration. So we, we had problems with our bass player, Jesse Sanchez, some of the professionalism and behavior, and we eventually sacked him. Um, but we've had Chase Bryant since, uh-huh. about two, since about two years ago. But pretty much it's the same lineup as the record Woe to the Vanquished. We had in 2013, when our fourth record, Empire's Collapse, came out, this was kind of seen as an experimental record for us. And the band had sort of grinded from 2008 to 2013, basically nonstop, and completely exploded and fell apart. So I thought it was the end of my life. And this lineup... Because I, I, knew, I was going to ask you about yeah. that. I knew something. I thought... Somebody one time I was like, get we were doing something I was like, get Warbringer like, oh Warbringer's not even a band anymore. I'm like, what? And then we weren't for like a year. Then or about so. a year later, I'm like, I saw something at Warbringer's a band again. It's like, well, well good. I'm glad. <laughs> that so, it was an uphill struggle. But there. Things happen, you know. That low period Exodus went through that. I mean, yeah, two or three. It's times, tough so. to keep the momentum yeah, going because especially the harder you work. But uh, so. I thought my life was over, basically, and that I was done with this, and I was going to have to go cut my losses and do something else. But I was really happy, because the record we made after that, it it took me two years-ish to really reassemble the band. There's one lineup that basically recorded nothing that I did a few international gigs with, just to get the band existing again. Uh And that, which no one from that except me and Adam are still Uh in that, but there's three people that came and went in like six months. and that got Carlos Cruz back in. Carlos Cruz is a powerhouse of a musician. And between me, Adam, and Carlos, we had the songwriting core. And Carlos had been in the band since the third record. So he had a lot of experience with what we're all about. And it helped build our sound and stuff. So that's really been the core unit that's written Woe to the Vanquish. And this sixth record, Weapons of Tomorrow, that's going to come out in 2020. Um so I've been really proud about that. And what makes, you know, and here I'll just toot my own trumpet. I am so goddamn proud of how the band, like, fell apart, faced this adversity, came back, and made the best record of our career. Woe to the Vanquished, hands to, if, if anyone hasn't heard Warbringer, Woe to the Vanquished, I strongly feel Woe to the Vanquished is our best record. I don't think there's a shitty one in the bunch, but uh, 
at, at least up to five. We'll see how six goes with everyone. But I, I was that was like for me a really triumphal thing. And actually, when I, when I saw you guys in Japan, that was like the fruit of that whole campaign. Uh-huh. They built up to the point where we had gone from being on the forefront of newer thrash bands to not existing to clawing our clawing. way back You're clawing to and the word yeah. is clawing damn right it is the word is clawing I, I i know it so well well we did the similar thing exodus wasn't together for many years and then we reconvened and did tempo and yeah tempo to a lot of people is the best comeback album you know thrash ever because i mean it's just i love that record and we were very raw at that I like time that record, we did man. that record is like we were very uh, broke. We had been through the, the ringer. Everybody, there was no record label there. We did that record on contingent, you know, to see it to get a deal. And then that's when Nuclear Blast picked it up. And so there was a lot to that record. And that record kind of re sparked everything back. Although I didn't last much on that period of time after that. But hey, you can't keep you down, point. though, but can you? you? Know, <laughs> it kept me down for 10 years when I was back. So, so. 10 years short time, so, you know. So. <laughs> So talk about the new record a little bit. Um, well, the new record uh, is going to be called Weapons of Tomorrow. Uh, it's kind of been stalled in release because we actually we're in the process of remixing the whole thing. Uh-huh. We released one track, Firepower Kills, which... But that's good to do, to give the yeah. fans a, a, a track so they're... Keep some... Well, the thing is, we released the track with the first mix we had. It got a less than stellar response, and we were kind of iffy about it. So that kind of told us, like, all right, so we pretty much, and I doubt the record label loves us for this, but we're like, hit the brakes. This is our, you know, we just put out what we think is the best record of our career. Are we going to falter now? Hell no. We didn't fight as hard to be here now to not put out the best possible material. Right. So we're remixing the whole record. It's the same track, same recording, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the studio. Um, but it's sounding really great. We're getting stuff back. Actually, uh, Zach Oren from uh, from Oakland here is doing the, the remix on cool. it. We recorded cool. it down in L.A. Uh, nice. with the same setup as the last record. Um, so that's happening. Uh, it really, the record uh, material-wise, really picks up where Woe to the Vanquish left off, where it's it's that uh, very rooted in thrash metal, but it goes into some extreme metal influence, some black and death that's good. Uh, fused in there, as well as some like straight-up epic. Uh, our favorite flavors for epic are like... I guess, like Iron Maiden's long songs, like Viking Era, Bathory, you know, Twilight of the Gods, Nordland, those kind of records, and which are really near and dear to me. And uh, then... The, the nine-minute epics. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, got a, we got one yeah. on the last record. 11 minutes. We, we, got, uh, we got three songs that clock in over six minutes on this one. So there isn't like an 11-minute one here, but we got a few bigger songs. and But we're still... You know, we're, the band's still called Warbringer, and so we got we, we really spaced it out. Uh, on the last record, it was more like the side A was really Machine Gun, and the side B got more expansive, went a bunch of places. Here, it's more mixed throughout the record, and we kind of every time we hit you with something that isn't like the hardest thing ever, the next one is. I see. You know, so, so we're <laughs> sequenced it. You blended it quite. Yeah. So. Yeah, and we tried to make it a. It's a very like serious record. Uh, more and more, that's kind of my direction where I'm trying to talk about like you know, the, the sort of horror of the human condition, I guess, in a serious manner. And so there's nothing, like, really tongue-in-cheek there, and it's all supposed to be really sinister and evil. And I try to, what I've been kind of doing, too, is in my sort of relentless cynicism about humankind, I'll throw in in the lyrics, like, Divinity of the Flesh from the last record had this, there's a couple bits on this, where something real inspirational, it's about human potential instead. So it's like, while we live in this world of, like, lies and corruption and, and all of these 
things that we all, you know, just the bullshit that we deal with being human beings, you know, um, that there's also this amazing potential, you know, that the way you feel when you're hearing your favorite fucking riff or, you know, uh, the great composers of the past or of, uh, you know, the great works of cinema or literature, all the best stuff about people or the time that one guy helped you out when you really didn't. I try to, like, put a nod to that, too, because ultimately my music's about evil, but I'm good. You know, so I. Well, it's about all the evil on the outside that you're correct. singing about, and it's me going. It's evil. Ah! evil. It's it, John know. Evil. You're gonna be John Evil Keevil from now on. You know, I can see you're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. What? Um, anything in two? This probably will get aired in, in my new season in 2020. What's going on for Roadwork? Anything in the in the cusp there? Once the record gives you, well, well, Roadwork. The fact that we're remixing the whole damn record is is like throwing a little wrench. It looks like we're gonna go out in uh, in the spring, and that's when the we're looking right now. And it's we've juggled a few dates, so that's why I can't give you the greatest answer. Um, but it's looking. We're looking right now at setting stuff up at around April, May, and so we're probably gonna put the release a little before then. We can kind of because we put such the brakes on the record label, what we're trying to do now is like see what we can line up and put the, and then slide the record in there right before right. it. Um, and then I think, you know, I finished uh, in my personal life, I finished my bachelor's in history and I'm taking time off from that to really uh, do something I haven't done in a while. I said to the the powers that be, I'm like, put me on the road like, like I'm young again, you know? <laughs> so, You're still you know, young again. Yeah, well... It's any all festivals it's all next relative. summer? Is there any festivals you guys got lined up? Oh, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Li uh -huh. Likely we'll be in Europe. I know because we that's are what in, we are in, we still in this year. We haven't got to next year yet. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, basically in the vaguest possible terms, look for Warbringer on tour in 2020. We will tour supporting our new record, and we're probably going to tour into the next year on it. I really think it's a strong as hell record. I, uh, I was really worried with following up the last one. You know, whenever you make a record, you're really proud of. You're like, how can I have that good of ideas again? You know. But different. <laughs> Got it. That's basically what it is. Yeah. Where can we get uh, any Warbringer uh, uh, website merchandise? Any kind of that stuff? You know. Well, where, uh, where can they go? Well, WarbringerMusic.com. The record labels Napalm Records, and uh, the the website has merchandise. There's also social media. You can look at all the standard ones, and basically, if you Google it, you'll find it. You know, there's not a lot of things called Warbringer. Uh, there's a book about Wonder Woman. God damn you for calling your book that. <laughs> this is the year the year our record got released. But you know. Um, it's it's uh basically know, you look uh, for it you'll find it right on yeah john good have, thanks for coming in yeah good to have you man warbringer you guys <laughs> leave me some comments let me know finally we had him in here you wanted it when we can have you back in again we can talk about some other stuff fantastic yeah Definitely. i'd love to come back on i feel i feel like we could sit here another hour oh, man. we could probably sit here for hours ago i know uh we actually we have something important to do together tonight. Actually, we do. Hey, it's, it will have happened. Actually, yes, it will have happened. Can we talk about it then? Well, I guess we can. I guess so. Some so, of you guys that seen the Death Angel uh, Warbringer hates your Christmas show, then you got to see us do uh, We Are the Road Crew together. That's right. So Warbringer recorded We Are the Road Crew is a bonus track, 2011, and uh, it's one of the only covers we ever actually play live because. As Road Dogs, it speaks to us on a personal level. Definitely. Yeah. And so uh, really happy to have you on the stage for that. We're going to do a trade-off thing where you we're know, going to probably work out the arrangement exactly after we get off the thing here. And Yes, uh, we are definitely going to do that. And it's real cool because uh, I once, when I was a young boy, uh, 2008, I got to guest on stage for Bonded by Blood. It was the Rob Dukes exodus uh -huh, then. That's fine. Um, yeah, you got to I love the Rob Dukes. Like I it. love singing those songs. It's awesome. There's Believe a lot of great me. songs on are there. Are you kidding very me? Very underrated. I, every time we make a set list, I'm always going... 
Let's play this one. They're like, I don't care. Battle of Leonard Charge, Iconoclasm. Middle Riff, Iconoclasm. I love that. Great, great stuff there. He did a great job, man. I'm... You know, I got to, but I'm a big fan, dude. Believe fuck yeah. me, Wait, dude. That's the that's it's really good to see that. Yeah, Believe man. me, some people are real bitter towards anyone in their own band. Who not cares? That. No, you know, it's a piece of and it's, it's a piece of Exodus's history. What am I going to do? Try to deny it? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I don't look at it like that at all. That's a Never good have. attitude. Yeah. Never have. So, but anyway, during uh, 2008, it's our first professional Warbringer tour. It's winter. We're on the road with X's. I got to go on stage in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, to do Bonded by Blood, and on the record. Now, Gary told you this. This is something that you you all listen to. It. there's a weird like it's like a five count into the verse right and on the record there's a, like <laughs> that and exactly where the black magic knife come in and i was like 20 uh, i think i just turned 21 this was early 2008 and i got on there and i was so like i'm gonna save the nexus ah, that i came in and i jumped in like a beat early and i stayed on it for like half the verse and dukes had to like Correct. And so they gave me a, and I was like, that is probably of all my days on stage anywhere, that is the mistake I made live that I remember the most. However, uh -huh. they were so cool. I got to go on stage a second time in New Hampshire after fucking it up, where Gary's like, to redeem yourself? And I did. Oh, so, nice. so I remember, and I always thought, it's like, man, they gave me the chances, I fucked it up, and they gave me another chance. That was really nice. Because I was, you know, uh, I had no musical Come background. on, I so fuck like, it up all the time. Don't even worry about that. Oh, dude, but. I care about getting it right, nice. you know? I, I do, and that's nice. that's for me more than anything, nice. you know? But that, you that guys, was great, man. <laughs> you guys, leave me comments. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about Wardbringer. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Share this shit, and we'll have him in yeah. soon. We'll see you guys real soon. All right.